Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Thank you for tuning to another episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast on the Warriors 24 podcast network. Wow, I mean, what a return for Clay Thompson this past Sunday. We got a lot to dive into, including Clay Thompson and the emergence of Steph Curry on the GQ Sports Magazine. We'll talk about that latest interview, and as well as the matchup tonight against a red-hot Memphis Grizzlies team, winners of nine straight games, who currently sit at fourth in the Western Conference. I'm Brandon Cadiz. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at bcadiz0, that's B-C-A-D-I-Z-0, to stay up to date on whenever a new Warriors 24-7 podcast releases. But let's talk about it. The anticipated debut of Clay Thompson this past Sunday, 808 days removed from the opening of Chase Center, and more importantly, 941. That's how many days since we saw Clay Thompson play in an NBA game. June 13th of 2019 NBA Finals against the Toronto Raptors. We remember how that day went, and Warriors fans rejoice because what a debut by Clay against the Cleveland Cavaliers this past Sunday. A Warriors win, but not only that, Clay finishes with 17 points. I, of course, said on the last podcast that I expected Clay to have between 8 to 10 points in 16 minutes and a couple three-pointers, and he blew and he doubled that number from my prediction, and it was just great to see Clay take the amount of shots that he came into this game. He had a mentality of getting those shots up, and it looked good for him. It definitely got his confidence back up to the right level. The first Clay Thompson bucket happened at the 11:20 mark of the first quarter, courtesy of Andrew Wiggins on the assist, a driving floater for Clay Thompson that got the entire Chase Center crowd up on their feet, going berserk, going wild, getting hyphy in the bay, and Chase Center was at its loudest from what I've heard from multiple people in that building that night. And it was just an electric atmosphere. A lot of people describe it as a playoff or finals-like atmosphere for that Clay Thompson bucket. It was great to see him get that first bucket out of the way. And he jacked up another three less than a minute away. Uh, missed a couple threes and missed a little fadeaway jumper in the post. Clay finished the first quarter with two points, one of five. Overall shooting from the field, 0 for 3 from beyond the arc, and he played 4 minutes and 23 seconds in that first quarter. Got subbed out by head coach Steve Kerr. Fans gave Klay Thompson a standing ovation when he subbed out, and rightfully so. A moment that stood out to me when I was watching the broadcast was it was a fitting shot of Klay Thompson. You can check that out on my Twitter. It was of him scoring his first basket and the first stoppage of play came after a foul, I think, on Jared Allen. The time said 11-11 and you just saw Klay staring directly into the camera. I think that was just poetic there, the time being 11-11. But Clay came back in the second quarter at the 423 mark, and that is when the crowd even went to another octave. Clay Thompson 
called for ISO, and we've all seen it. Warriors fans, you know what happened. Threw a poster dunk one-handed, and rest assured that that Achilles and that knee is doing just fine. And it was a poster dunk that you're going to definitely see a top shot moment of. Clay's got Jared Allen on a switch. He went to reach, and Clay down the lane! I think he's healthy. You check off the list his first bucket, his first dunk, and now we await for the first three-pointer, which happened at the 118 mark to put the Warriors up 49-41 to in the second quarter, assisted off of Otto Porter Jr., you have to love a comeback story like this. And Klay Thompson is someone that has bet on himself. He's gone through and rehabbed through that knee injury, the unexpected Achilles injury, and he's standing here with us today. And if you want to bet on props like how many points Klay Thompson's going to score on his return, then you got to check out our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So let's recap that second quarter there. Four minutes, 23 seconds of Clay. Five points on that monster dunk. His first three-pointer. Two for four field goaling and one for one from beyond the arc. Third quarter, he had the most points. Four minutes and 11 seconds of play. Seven points. Three for four shooting and one for two from beyond the arc. He was on fire that quarter. And... One for two from beyond the arc. His only miss was one three-pointer. Could have had 10 points in that quarter. In post-game, Clay said that he felt hot in that quarter. He was a couple baskets away from really being on a heater. And it was clear there in that third quarter. Fourth quarter was when he saw the most minutes. Six minutes and 58 seconds. We'll round that up to seven minutes. He finished that quarter with three points, one for five field goaling, one for two from beyond the arc, and added one block. Again, Clay Thompson finished with 17 points, seven of 18 field goaling, three for eight from beyond the arc, and one block. And more importantly, the Warriors win that game 96 to 82, and they are number one tied with the Phoenix Suns at 30 and nine for that one spot in the Western Conference. It brought tears to my eyes when Clay post-game said that it was just great to see a stat line for him after two years out of the game, a box line in which he can improve on. That just brought joy to Warriors fans and to myself. Here's a little more on what Clay had to say post-game. I was so excited. I saw Lane in the basket that I just took, took the opportunity, and it was a really tough floater. After that went in, I thought it was going to be one of those nights where I might be unconscious, but... <laughs> Missed a few shots after that. Might have been some jitters. And I'm just so happy right now. I did not shoot as well as I wanted to, but I'm just so happy I can even look at the stat sheet and see my name there. 
and see the shot, my shot attempts makes all the st- stats again. And minus two, that's no good, but at least I'm here because the work it took to get here is, it was incredible. So I'm just very, very happy right now. Dub Nation, that was the recap of Clay Day, his return 941 days removed from his last NBA game. And Clay Thompson looked pretty fly coming into the game, I'm not going to lie, with a nice little bomber jacket, looked pretty swagged out, had a watch on his hand. And we got to talk about fashion, and when we do, we got to go over to the franchise man, Stephen Curry. Steph Curry became the first ever global GQ sports cover star. GQ released a story on him by Hanif Abudarakib, and it was a great story. Talked about the second coming of Stephen Curry and the Warriors franchise from underdog to resiliency to losing the NBA Finals and having Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson go down to having a rejuvenated Warriors squad in which they are rebuilding for the future and competing for an NBA title at the same time. Something you don't really hear in the same sentence. A quote in that article that was circulated around Warriors Twitter was what Curry hoped for the future of the Warriors in five years. And he was quoted as saying that he hopes that him and Green see Poole as an all-star, Kaminga as an all-defensive player, and Wiseman as an MVP candidate. I mean, those are great words from Stephen Curry, and that's a lot to expect out of the future guys here for this Warriors team. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga, we've seen shades of him so far in his rookie campaign the ability and his length to be well and be able to switch on bigs and guards and just play all around defense. We've seen him block some great shots, make some highlight athletic plays. For James Wiseman, we're still waiting for him to return back to action. We want to see the James Wiseman we saw in high school dominating teams and also the James Wiseman we saw at Memphis for those few games that he played in college. Sure, we saw shades of it last season when he was in the NBA, those alley-oop roller type of plays, but if he wants to be an MVP candidate, we got to see that jumper continue to hit, that three-pointer continue to hit. And speaking about James Wiseman, In his high school career, a lot of the Warriors squad was out in Memphis uh, last night before this Memphis Grizzlies game today, later this afternoon, the same day this podcast is being shot. Because James Wiseman had his high school jersey retired and he had a lot of the Warriors squad with him there. And just to be able to see the team chemistry and the support for someone that hasn't been on the court this season yet, someone as young as James Wiseman, that has to help build his character, his morale, that the team is behind him no matter what. And it's going to be hard for James Wiseman to also hear these rumors out there of him being traded earlier in the season, continually throughout the season, to hear topics and trade rumors about, hey, the Warriors are just one trade away from getting a big man. They can compete in the NBA, but look, the Warriors have that luxury right now to continue to compete while building for the future at the same time. Get back to the GQ article about Steph Curry. In the same article, we read about him ruining the game 
that he's affecting kids uh, in elementary grades of being able to shoot these 25, 30, 40 foot shots without focusing on the basics. And Curry goes on to say in the article that, hey, they said the same thing about Allen Iverson, said the same thing about Steve Nash. And I think it's just a common thing to see when these generational players change the game a little bit. Curry with the three-point stat or three-point shot, excuse me. Allen Iverson with a killer crossover, and Steve Nash being that small of a guy to be able to be a pick and roll type of player, pinpoint the defense, hit those fadeaway shots there in the middle of the paint, similar to what Chris Paul is doing now. Players that have these generational skills have these skills passed on to future NBA players, future generations. As a fan of the game and when you're a little kid, when you see highlight moments and highlight reels, you're going to tend to imitate that. And if Steph Curry's shooting those long-range shots, kids are going to be doing it, even if their skills aren't polished enough. I mean, if once you were a little kid, you had to lower that rim right after that slam dunk contest you see on All-Star Weekend and try those same dunks, lower the rim, and do the same thing. That's literally what kids are doing right now with Steph and Curry shooting from long range. Another aspect in that article that I like to touch on is Steph Curry's desire for always wanting to be underrated. And a lot of NBA fans that don't remember, Stephen Curry dealt with those ankle injuries to start off his NBA career. It was always a wonder of when will those ankle injuries occur and will Steph be able to prolong his NBA career? They said that, hey, if he was just a great three-point shooter off the bench or if he had a similar career to his father, that would be great enough. But Steph takes that underrated mentality through him even after the Warriors won their first NBA championship when they added Kevin Durant and went back-to-back. And in that 2019 finals, when they went down without KD, and without Klay Thompson, he always had that underrated mentality behind him, especially when the Warriors were at the bottom and the laughing stock during the play-in tournaments last season, that year where they had D'Angelo Russell, Steph Curry's hand breaks, right? Draymond Green wasn't playing to the caliber and the all-star level or the defensive player of the year level that he was at, and they had to have guys like Kai Bowman in this, Glenn Robinson III. Curry uses that as motivation, and even though other NBA fans don't see this Warriors team as underrated, Steph has that desire behind his mind, and that is what has given Steph the opportunity to have the SC30 underrated camp. Basically, it's a camp where he takes in three-star level high school players that would play in AAU tournaments at the auxiliary gym, not the main gym during these showcases, but gyms right next to it, right? They're not the high-level five-star or four-star recruits, and Steph Curry every single year likes to pick out these players across the country, bring them to his camp to have the eyes set on those players. And I think that's wonderful. Steph in the article quoted himself to saying, hey, I wouldn't even be at my own camp if I was the one recruiting myself back then. He wants to give this opportunity to future, quotation, in quotations, future Steph Curry's right down the line. Curry's head coach at Davidson, Bob McKillop, was also part of the interview and 
he talks about what why he recruited Steph Curry where all these other schools didn't his only offer was at Davidson he goes on to say that Steph probably played a really horrible game when you saw him there at the at that AAU tournament but just the character and person that Curry was not to complain to an official after a bad game or after every missed shot that he stood on the bench cheering his team on even though he was struggling that's what got Steph the offer initially and just him being a great person and great teammate off the court speaks to Stephen Curry in that debate of does he have to be the star on the team and no he doesn't we saw that in the 17-18 years with Durant on the team 1A and 1B, 1B and 1A, Steph Curry, it didn't matter the order that he was giving in the pecking order. He, at some points, gave that team to Kevin Durant, and it just showed that Curry can thrive whether he's the number one guy. In addition to that GQ article, an accompanying video from GQ on YouTube shows Steph Curry responding to fans on the internet, whether it was on Quora, on YouTube comments, Twitter, and also Wikipedia facts about him. Here's a little snippet of Stephen Curry in that video. Wikipedia. In his first collegiate game against Eastern Michigan, Curry finished with 15 points but committed 13 turnovers. That is absolutely true. They never told me there was a such thing as a bad double-double. And I found out the hard way that there is. I had nine at halftime, and one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me is my coach. He called out my lack of discipline, you know, taking care of the ball, but he kept me in the game in the second half. But the next game, I had so much more confidence because my coach had confidence in me. Now to the matchup tonight. The Warriors and the Grizzlies, they square off for the third time this season. And the last loss for the Memphis Grizzlies came against the Golden State Warriors on December 23rd. A loss 113-104. to John Morant, the leading scorer there for the Grizzlies with 21 points. But after that, nine straight victories for the Morant-led Grizzlies team and the Grizzlies are currently fourth in the Western Conference standings and winners of 19 of the last 23 games. They are on a roll. They are on a hot streak. And let me tell you the teams they beat in that nine game win streak. They went to Phoenix. They beat them 114 to 113 at home against the Lakers, a 104 to 99 win and their most recent game at the Lakers 127 119 win throw it back to January 3rd they beat Kevin Durant James Harden and Kyrie Irving or without Kyrie Irving since it was a home game in Brooklyn 118 to 104 this Memphis Grizzlies team has been a problem from the for the Warriors dating back to the play-in tournament last year when they kicked the Warriors out they beat the Warriors Earlier this season, in what was the fifth game of the season for them at the Chase Center on October 28th, a 104-101 to 101 victory. So let's break down this matchup, what the Warriors can do to get this victory here tonight with a shorthanded Warriors squad presumably coming into this game. The Warriors in this contest will be without Draymond Green, that left calf tightness, and on the injury report as well for the Warriors, Gary Payton II tweaked that ankle. We saw him limp a little bit in the game against the Cavs. He's questionable. And Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr. is also questionable with a left shoulder soreness. 
And when we take a look at the Memphis Grizzlies injury report, Steven Adams questionable in health and safety protocols. Dylan Brooks will be out of the contest with a left ankle sprain as well. We know how effective Dylan Brooks Dylan Brooks did not play the first game of the season in that 104-101 Grizzlies victory, but he did play in the loss from the Warriors win 113-104. He had 13 points in that contest, was pretty solid on defense with two steals, but we also remember Steph Curry blew him up for 46 points that night. And we got to watch that game. 36 points for Curry in that first game. 46 points in that second game. We know Curry has performed well so far against this Memphis Grizzlies squad. So the matchup that I want to see tonight is how the Warriors are going to stop John Moran. We saw the last time out the Warriors took a little bit more of a layback defense or give him some more space to operate with, challenge John Morant to shoot that three-pointer, and it turned out pretty well for them. John Morant, the last time against the Warriors, he did have 21 points, but he went 6 for 15 from the field. 0 for 4 from beyond the arc was really effective though still at driving to the rim finished that night with 9 of 10 free throws made but the key player and if Gary Payton the second can't come out and suit up for this game is going to be Jonathan Kaminga last night in the G League Santa Cruz Warriors game didn't do so good offensively but if he has something left in his tank for that matchup tonight we'll see how many minutes Steve Kerr gives him in this contest but I think if Gary Payton the second is out of this contest he played 33 minutes the last time out he was not only great defensively but offensively had 22 points to help secure that victory for the Warriors Jonathan Kaminga is going to have his number against John Morant in order to hold him to an inefficient shooting night. We know what John Morant has been, and he's been the leader in this nine-game winning streak. We saw him come in after that injury, and sure, the Grizzlies had a little bit of a losing streak three games in a row, Portland OKC, and then their last loss, of course, against the Warriors, as I've mentioned. But since then, this Grizzlies team has really stepped it up, and the interesting matchup on the Grizzlies side that I want to see is Jaron Jackson Jr. against Kevon Looney. Jackson Jr. was pretty effective in the last meeting against the Warriors, had 20 points, 50% shooting, 7 for 9 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. He was great defensively for them that night. And with Steven Adams being out of this contest or being questionable, if he's out and the Warriors could have an advantage here, they move Jaron Jackson Jr. to the center position and maybe Xavier Tillman or Kyle Anderson gets the start here. Or you might see... Killian Tilly come into the game if they still want to go with both bigs in the contest against the Warriors to really challenge them in their size. But Clay Thompson is back, of course. He's going to play in his second game of the season and his first road game of the season. We'll see how Clay reacts to that. Clay Thompson could be the guy in replacement also of Gary Payton Jr. if he can't suit up. I think Clay Thompson's defense against the Cleveland Cavaliers was pretty solid. He was able to stand in there with Stevens and in Darius Garland, got a blocked shot in that contest. I want to see more of Clay Thompson on the defensive side. I think that shot by or Clay's shot will 
will be there just with the amount of games he plays. He got a lot of those shots in, of course, with 18 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The X factor for the Memphis Grizzlies, I believe, in this contest is going to be DeAnthony Melton. Saw 25 minutes in the last contest against the Warriors. Very effective. 20 points on 8 of 13 shooting. 9 rebounds, 2 steals, and 1 block. DeAnthony Melton is the guy to keep an eye on, especially with Dylan Brooks being out of the contest for the Memphis Grizzlies. Melton is always a problem on defense. In the first game this season against the Warriors, a total of seven total stocks coming four steals and three blocks. And again, his number the last time out in the stocks department, two steals and one block. Get some value in him if you're playing daily fantasy and need those stock points. But going now to the Warriors side, the key person tonight is going to be Clay Thompson. Not only because it's his second game back in his first road game, coming off that excitement and that joy and how he'll come back and perform tonight offensively, but on the defensive side, is he going to take John Morant, right? Is he going to take on the main guy? Is he going to be the same Klay Thompson that will guard the best defender for the opposite team? And fun fact here, guys, John Morant was not in the league yet. The last time Klay Thompson was in the NBA before his contest against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's going to be Klay and DeAnthony Melton tonight, in my opinion, as well as the Kevon Looney and Jaron Jackson Jr. matchup, especially if Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton II cannot suit up. And we saw a little bit of a breakout performance. Curry's starting to get his shot back to normal. He went 10 of 21 from the field against the Cavaliers. 4 of 11 from beyond the arc. And Steph in that contest finished. Let's see when he put up his box here. He finished with 23 points. Or 28 points, excuse me. And this season against the Memphis Grizzlies, y'all. Stephen Curry averages 41 points, 5 rebounds on 47% from the field, 44% from beyond the arc, 17 points for Klay Thompson last time out. Is it going to be the first Splash Brothers game, that first taste on which the two take up 50% of the offense? We're going to throw it back to the old Warriors ways. Man, would we love to see that. A combined 47 points the last time for the Splash Brothers against the Cleveland Cavs. Cavaliers. Melton against the Warriors this season, 13.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2 assists on 47% shooting from the field, and his average stocks of 5 against the Warriors this season, 3 steals and 2 blocks. Man, was that a lot to cover here in this episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast on the Warriors 24 podcast network. Thanks for tuning in, Dub Nation, and make sure to hit follow on wherever you can get your podcasts to make sure to get up to date on when the newest episode releases. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at bkadiz0, that's B-C-A-D-I-Z, zero. Follow the Warriors 24-7 pod on Twitter at Warriors 24-7 pod. And as well as Warriors 24 Pod to follow the network. Until the next episode, thank you for tuning in. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.